0: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I can still feel the oppressive weight of those mountains on my chest, the chill of the Afghan night seeping through my gear, and the weight of the mission pressing down on my shoulders. We were a Navy SEAL team on a classified operation in the remote mountains of Afghanistan. Our orders were simple on paper, but laden with unspeakable horrors in reality. We were tasked with infiltrating a hidden cave system that our intelligence had traced to a rogue scientist, Dr. Victor Kurgan, who was rumored to be conducting macabre experiments on reanimating the dead. It was the stuff of nightmares, something that even the toughest of us struggled to wrap our heads around. As we approached the cave entrance, our night-vision goggles revealing its eerie maw, I couldn't help but think that this was the last place any sane person would willingly venture into. But we weren't here by choice. We were here to prevent a global catastrophe, or so we'd been told. The cavernous entrance swallowed us whole, and we descended into the bowels of the earth, leaving behind the moonlit Afghan night. Inside, the air grew damp and heavy and a sense of foreboding settled upon us, like a shroud. Our radios crackled with static, and communication with the outside world became tenuous at best. We moved cautiously, navigating the winding tunnels, our rifles at the ready. The walls of the cave were adorned with grotesque carvings of creatures from nightmares, half-human, half-human, half-bast, and symbols that seemed to pulse with malevolence. Doctor Kurgan had clearly been obsessed with dark forces beyond our comprehension. As we ventured deeper, the stench of decay hung thick in the air, and the distant sound of dripping water echoed through the tunnels. It was then that we stumbled upon a grisly sight that would haunt my grisly sight that would haunt my dreams for years to come. In a chamber illuminated by our flashlight beams, rows of makeshift beds were occupied by reanimated corpses. Their flesh was pallid. Their eyes empty voids, and their movements jerky and unnatural. These were the results of Kurgan's experiments, and we were faced with the horrifying reality that he had succeeded in reanimating the dead. The creatures turned toward us with a hunger that sent shivers down our spines. We opened fire, but bullets seemed to have little effect. It was only when we resorted to high explosives that we could stop them. The blasts echoed through the cave, bringing down sections of the tunnel and sealing off our exit. We were trapped in that nightmare labyrinth with only a fraction of our team left. The radio was now completely useless, leaving us isolated and cut off from any hope of rescue. Desperation settled in as we pressed forward, determined to find Kurgan and put an end to his madness. As we ventured deeper into the cave system, the horrors only grew. Nightmarish creatures part human, part beast, stalked us in the darkness. The walls seemed to pulse and shift, as if the very earth was alive and malevolent. We knew that we were running out of time. Finally, we reached a massive chamber, its walls adorned with more of those sinister symbols. In the center of the chamber, Dr. Kurgan stood, surrounded by arcane apparatuses. He looked at us with cold, calculating eyes, and I could see the madness that had consumed him. With grim determination we engaged him in a firefight. Bullets whizzed through the air, and Kurgan's own grotesque creations turned against him. In the end it was a well-aimed shot that put an end to his madness, and he fell to the cave floor, his experiments dying with him. We fought our way back to the surface, emerging from that accursed cave covered in blood and gore. Our mission was a success, but the horrors we had witnessed would haunt us forever. The cave was sealed, and Dr. Kurgan's dark legacy buried beneath the unforgiving mountains of Afghanistan. As we made our way back to civilization, I couldn't help but wonder what other terrors might lurk in the hidden corners of the world. We had stopped one man's descent into madness, but how many more were out there, dabbling in forces they could not control? One thing was certain. The line between life and death was far more fragile than we had ever imagined, and the horrors that lurked in the shadows were all too real. I had been working as a park ranger at a Little Buffalo State Park in Central Pennsylvania for about 6 months when I had my encounter. It was August of 2006. My partner and I were driving around the park at night to do a final check of the area for the evening. We were about halfway through our section of the park when we got a call from Dispatch saying that there was a camper who wanted us to come out and take a look at his RV because he thought it had been vandalized or broken into. I told Dispatch that we would be there shortly. We turned our vehicle around and we arrived at this campsite within five minutes or so. We found a gentleman in his mid-sixties standing outside his RV and looking very nervous. He walked up to our truck and I asked him if we could please take a look at his camper. His behavior was very unusual, and so he cautiously agreed and walked over to the camper, with us following closely behind. He was very nervous, and he kept looking around the entire time, almost like he was expecting something to jump out. We took a quick look inside the camper and found nothing that appeared to be out of place or missing. I asked him if anything had been taken from inside, and he said no, but that there were some things that he thought were moved around during the short time he was gone. I looked around for another minute or so before telling him that we didn't see anything wrong. We thanked him for calling us, and then we started walking back towards the truck. That's when my partner, who is an avid hunter, said to me, ''Do you smell that?'' I stopped walking for a second because I honestly didn't notice any kind of odor other than the normal smell of a state park campground, mildew, pine needles, etc. My partner spent many hours in the woods, so he knows his smells. He told me that it smelled like something was trying to cover up its own scent, and now that he said that that's when I noticed it, too. It was a very light odor, but definitely there. We looked around for another minute or so before my partner said, I think we need to get out of here. We got into our truck and drove off towards the main area of the park, which is about one mile away from where we were at the campsite. We navigated our way up a path, and as soon as we got onto the main road that travels through the park, we both saw it. It looked like a seven to eight-foot-tall creature walking along the road. I was driving, so I didn't get a good look at it, but my partner saw it walk out onto the road in front of us. It then quickly crossed to the other side, where there was more vegetation and trees. He said that he could only see the backside as it walked across the road, but that it had very wide shoulders, almost too wide for its body. He also said that he thought he could see long black hair covering its arms and shoulders, but he wasn't sure because it was dark. We drove around looking for this thing for about an hour. We had no luck finding anything else unusual, so we eventually gave up and returned to the office. The next day I couldn't stop thinking about it, so I went back to the site by myself in hopes of finding any evidence of what we saw or smelled there but we found nothing out of place or unusual in any way. I decided to just move on and not focus on it since no concrete evidence could be found. I've heard of other encounters in this area as well, which makes me believe that there is something going on out here for sure. Also, there have been sightings reported from this area all the way over to Harrisburg. Anyway, that's my story. I'm not here to convince anybody that what I saw was real, but I know that what I saw and smelled was real. Also there have been several reports of dead deer in the area. Deer that are torn apart but not eaten. Now that's very unusual to say the least, so I'm wondering if this is all connected somehow. The most common theory among hunters around here is that something is killing deer just for sport and then covering up its tracks or scent with another odor to mask its own. I can't quite figure out how that would work, but that's what some people are saying. In the end, I'm not sure exactly what I think is going on. A military man, Jay, went outside to have a smoke. He lives in the hills surrounding Deadwood, South Dakota. He spotted two kids walking up a hill. They spotted and looked at Jay, which spooked him. They were wearing dark hoodies and looked very strange. They turned and started to walk in Jay's direction. As they approached, Jay could plainly see that their eyes were completely black. They started to cross the street walking directly towards Jay, who introduced himself to them. They continued to advance toward him without saying a word. Frightened, he retreated into the house. Inside he asked his wife if she heard him talking to the kids. She never heard anything. They soon went to bed. Jay then noticed one of the boys outside his window. He rushed to bolt the front door, as one of them was there, too. He never made it to the door. For whatever reason, he turned around and went back to the bedroom, where he saw the boys standing outside his window. He went to grab his pistol. He wanted to scare them off. He assumed they were wearing masks. One was at the window, and another was at the door. He was extremely scared now. The next thing he remembered was waking up in bed. His wife informed him that he had been gone for an hour and a half. I did hear the door open and close. You weren't there, she told him. Jay had left the house at 4 a.m. and didn't return home until around 5.30 a.m. He rose out of bed and looked at his slippers on the floor beside him. The slippers were wet and a bit muddy. There were wet spots on the hallway and bedroom floor as well. He didn't remember anything other than seeing the black-eyed kid at the window, then waking in his bed later. Was Jay abducted by these black-eyed kids? What did they want? (laughs) Greetings. I hate to be a bother, but I have a story to tell. Please, do not think my mind is going from the many stories you all hear, and bear with me that this is very hard for me to do, although I believe it needs to be said. Last summer on July 4th, 2017, around 10 p.m. at night, I was driving home from my family cookout. Late at night, I was also off duty. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. It was about 11 p.m. near the swamps by this point, and I live in Gulfport, Mississippi. What I saw, a figure up ahead on the side of the road, caught my attention. As I got closer what I thought was a normal man, I soon realized that this was not the case. It stood over eight feet tall, long legs and arms that reached down below its knee. It had dark scales all over its body, but most notable were its hands, which hosted four fingers, each with long claws. The most bizarre thing, though, was its head, which appeared more like an iguana or a dinosaur than a human being. Upon seeing this strange creature I slammed on my brakes in total shock, not knowing what to make of what I was looking at. It didn't take long, though, before I became aware of my presence, as it quickly turned its head looking directly at me with glowing yellow eyes and some sort of light that seemed to emit from within its skull, and then it began walking toward my vehicle as if trying to scare me or intimidate me to leave. In a panic I reached for my gun, which was on the seat next to me, quickly aiming it at the creature's head, not knowing if shooting this thing would kill it or not, but wanting to stop whatever this thing was in hopes it would just leave. As soon as I took aim this thing let out a nasty growl and came rushing at me with great speed. Seeing this thing moving so quickly, I was overwhelmed with fear, slamming my foot on the gas as fast as I could. The last thing I remember is seeing in my rearview mirror if it was going to give chase, but instead it just turned around and kept going back into the marsh. I don't know how long it took me to get home that night, but all I knew is that, at the time, whatever the creature was, Satan himself couldn't have been any more evil. Looking, I went home immediately after told my family what had happened, but of course they didn't believe a word of it. There were no tracks or anything else to prove the encounter ever happened. However, about a week went by, and I could swear I smelled that same deathly stench coming from the swamps when I drove by again, but no sign of it. So I just dismissed it all, thinking it was a trick being played by my mind. I've watched a couple of your encounters on your YouTube, hoping to find any proof of anything that might explain what happened to me that night. "'But after a while, you just learn and let it go. "'Until this past spring, one of our own deputies told me "'he had an encounter with one of these creatures in the swamps himself back in 2015. "'He said that he had seen something covered in mud running through the brush, "'trying to hide, only then to turn its head at him "'before turning around and disappearing into thin air. "'He also said that shortly after seeing whatever this thing was, "'his cruiser's engine gave out, along with metal bending.' that he had to have the thing towed back into town. I don't know if there's any truth to what we saw, but I'm not taking my chances, and I will pray every night before going to sleep for the Lord and Savior to keep me safe from whatever we might have encountered out there in the swamps. Last year, in June 2022, 17 cats went missing from my ranch. I have a private rescue providing heated cat hotels, food, A lake, seven, stall stables, and medical care for 35 cats. We have bears and mountain lions and deer, too, all wild. This is on the Kentucky or Tennessee state line. One morning, last August, my German shepherd and I started our morning walk when a vomit-inducing stench crossed trail winds. It was a horrid smell of urine, dead, rotting flesh, and feces. My dog started growling as we approached the end of our 29-foot camper in the driveway. Then he went nuts, charging against his leash, barking, jumping four, five feet in the air in front of us. Then he pinned his shoulder to my knee and pulled me to the left, then back to center, then back to right, back to center, the whole time staring up at a 45-degree angle. The hair on my neck raised up, and I pulled my forty-five caliber pistol for a possible shot from the hip. I practice hip-shooting a lot. I noticed with the barrel pointed out it was level with the ground, but when I pointed it to where the dog's nose was pointed, it was eight, nine feet above the ground. I have trained most of my life to remain calm during the crisis. Noting how high the muzzle was pointed, the stench, my dog's behavior, and my location, I thought I may be looking at a cloaked Bigfoot. Invisible to humans, but not to dogs. I began talking to it in a calm, slow, baritone command voice. I told it I was tired of it killing my cats. My cats were my kids, feeding them, housing them, giving them meds, and protecting them was my job. If it didn't stop using them as snacks, I would kill it. I don't want to kill you, but I will, I said. Stop killing my cats. There are a lot more humans than there are of your type. How would you like to be hunted down? As I finished, my dog sat but continued to stare nine feet off of the ground. Soon the stench was gone, my dog relaxed. Over the next couple of months, I began to see rabbits, skunks, deer, and coyotes, and my cats stopped disappearing. I'm a retired airline pilot and former Special Forces soldier and worked for 10 years as a police officer. I live near Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'm a believer. I was walking my dog through a clearing in some woods at about 12 a.m. midnight. I was looking straight ahead, but out of my peripherals I thought i seen smoke gathering above my head. When I looked up, I seen seven dimly lit circular lights in a bow pattern slowly hovering away. No noise at all. It was a massive aircraft, either aliens or an unknown military aircraft. I went back there a few more times to see if I'd see it again, but had no luck, I told like everyone I knew about this experience. But everyone looked at me like I was crazy, and I'm 100% positive of what I've seen. One morning I woke up and noticed my camera was on top of the sofa opposite my bed. I knew I didn't put it there because it was a very expensive camera and it could very easily fall from this place. I had placed it in my cabinet. I went over, picked it up, and turned it on and clicked the button to view photos. There were hundreds of photos of me sleeping, all seemingly taken from the back of the sofa. I was literally so freaked out I couldn't stop crying. I lived alone. It was just photo after photo of me sleeping. The photos were taken in quick snaps where the camera takes approximately one photo per second. I later realized the camera didn't even have a quick-snap setting, so technically it was impossible for the camera to take the photos at all. The timestamps suggest all photos were taken between 2 and 3 a.m. I never figured out what happened, how the camera got to the sofa, or how it is even possible for a camera with no quick-snap too. Quick-snap, but I still have a us with the photos on it, and it still freaks me the F out it to answer a few questions i'm safe this happened several years ago i now live with my partner and we have several dogs and a very good home security system there was no sign of forced entry to my home i own the home and i had the locks changed when i moved there because i felt uneasy about living alone good hunch i did go to the police they did not give a shit they said it's probably a friend playing a prank my mom had a key to the house. Weirdly, this thread has actually jogged my memory about something potentially related I had completely forgotten about that was sitting deep, deep down in my memory bank. Approximately 12 months before the camera incident, I received a letter in my P.O. box that was typed, not handwritten, and addressed directly to me saying, if I did not agree to meet with the sender, they would kill me while I sleep. To be honest, "'I dead-set thought it was a stupid joke "'because I couldn't think of anybody "'that would want me to meet with them, "'and I've been the letter and never told anybody. "'I got three or four of those threatening letters "'demanding that I respond, "'but no actual way of responding "'or no hint about who it was from. "'The sender wrote like I should know who it is, "'but I did not. "'One letter did provide a time and place to meet, "'but of course I did not attend.' That was the final letter. I did move house and change my postal address shortly after the camera incident, though. Now I have. Right now, so obviously, they are all talk. No action. I never believed in Bigfoot. Not in a million years. I mean, I'm a rational man. A practical man. I deal in facts and figures. Not... "'wild speculation or folklore. "'So when my wife and I decided to take a weekend trip to Opal Button, "'a county park campground near Hepner, "'I didn't give the legend of the Sasquatch second thought. "'We were there to collect rocks, my wife and I. "'It was a hobby we both enjoyed, "'a way to get out into nature and find hidden treasures. "'We had our car and a trailer, "'and we had stopped at the campground to set up for the night. "'That's when it happened. "'I was outside.' checking the hitch on the trailer, when I saw movement out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look, and there it was, a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was standing behind the front of the car, peering at us with its big brown eyes. Its head was pointed like a comb, and it was covered in shaggy, matted fur. At first I thought it was some sort of prank, a person in a suit or a mask, but the more I looked, the more I realized that this was no man. This was something else, entirely. The creature would stick its head up and look at us, then hide again behind the car. It was almost like it was playing a game, teasing us, daring us to come closer. And then it would disappear, up a bank or behind a tree, as if it had never been there at all. I had tried to take a picture of my phone, but it was too dark and the creature moved too quickly. My wife saw it too, but... She wouldn't let me get my rifle. She said it was probably just a bear or a large dog, and we didn't want to hurt an innocent animal. But I I knew better. I knew that this was something else entirely, something that shouldn't exist. I wanted to investigate to find out what it was and where it came from. But my...